It's time to get up and get going, South Coast. It's time for the Tim Weisberg Show on WBSM. Also streaming live on WBSM.com and on the WBSM app. Talk to Tim now at 508-996-0500 or send him a message or a voicemail through the WBSM app. And now, ready to start your day off with a bang. It's Tim Weisberg. Good morning. Happy Thursday to you. Hope it is starting off well. It's a it's a nice fall-like morning out there. And I love starts to the day like this, especially since I'm going to be getting spooky this weekend, heading out to the Michigan Paracon. I'm actually flying out later today. Uh, now, some folks have already been there. Some folks arrive a couple days in advance and spend the better part of a week hanging out, getting weird, partying, all of that. Uh, I come in Thursday night, speak Friday morning. I'll be back on a plane early Sunday morning and then back here. So you're only going to miss me for one day. Some of you are probably disappointed in that because (laughs) you wish I was gone longer. But those of you who uh, enjoy hearing Jack Spillane fill in, which I think is uh, most of you, you will get to hear him tomorrow morning and get to spar with him. I know uh, know John in Fairhaven said he's already looking forward to sparring with with Jack on the radio tomorrow. And I'm sure Jack will talk more about the Star Store story. That's a lot. Star Store story. Uh, but uh, yesterday, of course, we had um, on South Coast Now with Chris and Marcus, we had Mayor Mitchell's weekly appearance. And he dove in a little bit more into how he found out about that. Which I thought was a fascinating listen because, as he said... He found out about it about an hour before it went public. About an hour before it went public. While he was on vacation. So it's not easy to to (laughs) pull together a response when you are off and you've only got an hour's heads up. So now that we are you know, a week and a half or so past it, he talked with Chris and Marcus about all of the plans that he he has to try to keep that from being the case. But he, you know, there was also a bit of a, I don't know if we're going to be able to make it happen, um, at least in time, kind of tone to his voice. But they are trying to make things happen. But as he had said, if if we had known about this with a few, even a few months notice, we could have made city funds available. And that might have not made any difference if if UMass Dartmouth didn't want to be there. But as the mayor was explaining and Jack Spillane had written about this at newbedfordlight.org that um, it was a bit of a bluff game. As Mayor Mitchell characterized it, a game of chicken with the funding for the CVPA at the Star Store that Senator Montigny said, I'm not putting this money that I've had in the budget for 20 years, this allotment, I'm not putting this this in the budget this year because you have to buy the building. It's time to finally buy the building. And that UMass Armas said, well, we're not buying the building because we don't want to be there anymore. 
So while the mayor did put a majority of the blame on UMass Dartmouth, he did put some blame on, on Senator Montigny. So if you didn't get a chance to listen to it, I recommend it. It is, uh, it's, it's very worthwhile. It's always worthwhile every week. But certainly this week's, if you are interested in that Star Store story, you get some of the uh, inside baseball on how that all played out. I'm sure many of you last night watched the Republican debate. Uh, it, <laughs> I will say, it was it was highly entertaining. Um, I did end up falling asleep watching it. I started it late because I was uh, doing some cleaning around the house to get ready for my trip. You know, you don't you don't want to leave the place a mess before you leave, just in case. You know, but uh, I was doing that. I was packing. I was, you know, getting all my materials together because I have a tendency to forget things. So I'll be like in the plane on my way to Detroit and I'll be like, ah, oh, I forgot this. So I'm try trying to like mitigate that and have everything together as much as I could, even if it wasn't going in the car now. I wanted to make sure I had everything together. So I was doing all of that first. Then I sat down to watch it. I started it probably at about 1030 which is later than I usually stay up now. And I fell asleep, I think, like an hour in and then woke up in the chair. It was 1230. I said, I, I got to go to bed. So I didn't get to see everything, but I saw enough, I think, to get a rough idea of how this is going to go forward. And it's going to be it's going to be entertaining. I don't think that the 2016 round of Republican debates and the candidates that were involved in 2016, I just didn't find them entertaining. Now, I heard what they had to say, and there was very much, but we were, in, we were definitely in a different time then because we had an eight-year president. We had Democrats and Republicans both vying to be on the ticket. So there's, I, I, I guess there's a little bit more civility inherent with that. But secondly, also, we didn't have the Trump and then the Biden presidencies where a lot of that stuff has already gone out the window now. So there's a different atmosphere now of, hey, the more outrageous you are, the more you stick out in voters' minds. You know, a long time ago, when I first started working as a sports writer, well, maybe yeah, I was a couple years into it, but I was covering the Celtics, I was covering the Patriots, and I was doing regular appearances on a TV show called CN8 Sports Pulse. I say regular, like every couple of months they would have me in to talk about either the Patriots or the Celtics. I remember one night on Celtics draft night, they had me drive right from the Celtics draft in Waltham over to the studios in Brookline and got me on in the last segment. Like it was, you know, fury, fast and furious to try to get me on the air to give some anal analysis on that. But it was, it was fun and I liked it. And I always thought, you know, I'd, I'd like to do more of this. So one day I just happened to be at something and, and Gary Tangway of, I don't even know what the show is called now. I know, I don't think he's on, he's not on it anymore. Um, but you know, the, it used to be New England sports tonight. And at the time he was hosting with, with Greg Dickerson and I walked up to him at this 
thing that we were at, and I said, hey, Gary, you know, uh, I think the Standard Times doesn't get enough recognition for the great sports department that we have. How can we get on New England Sports Tonight? It seems like you're very Boston and Metro West focused. You don't bring anybody down in from our area. How how can we get on the show? And he looks at me and he goes, well, I can tell you, the way to get on is be outrageous. It's like, what? The more outrageous things you say, the more likely you are to get on WEEI, and then the more likely you are to get on our show. And I was like, yeah, I'm not going to do that. And then I just kind of walked away. Because I that's not who I am. I'm not going to be outrageous for the sake of being outrageous. But that's what you're going to need to do if you're a Republican candidate this year or, or this, this cycle. You're going to have to be outrageous because you're going up against a guy who is far and away voters' top choice at this moment for your party who is outrageous. And I'm not, I'm not, that's not a, an aspersion that I'm casting on Donald Trump here. I'm just saying he's an outrageous guy. Nobody's going to deny that. So if you want to go toe-to-toe with him, you're going to have to keep up with that. We saw what happens when people couldn't keep up with that. Joe Biden was able to defeat him in the election despite not being able to keep up with that. So I think if you want to beat him, a Republican can't beat him by taking the Joe Biden approach. Hillary Clinton tried to, to, to match some of what he said or, or tried to at least, you know, spar with him. But she has that unfortunate situation that a woman candidate would find themselves in where if you start doing the kind of things that Donald Trump does, they have a different word for a woman that does it than outrageous. And she was already battling that kind of reputation to begin with. So she could only go so far. But I think you've got, and I don't think Nikki Haley has to worry about that because I don't think she's the kind of person that can do that. I, I just, I've never gotten that from her personality. In fact, she made a lot of good grounded points in what I was watching yesterday. And I think a lot of people who are looking for pragmatism would look at her and say, wow, I think, I think I like that aspect of, of, of her personality more than, than anything else. But you're going to have to be outrageous. And we saw some folks who had no problem being outrageous. I even saw Mike Pence taking digs at people. We got talk radio Mike Pence instead of very vice presidential Mike Pence. We got talk radio Mike Pence, which I thought was pretty interesting too. I think he knows if he wants to rise up, he's got to be willing to, 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 to play the Trump game, so to speak. Chris Christie, we already know he's the kind of guy that's going to do that. Uh, Asa Hutchinson, I don't think he's the kind of guy that can do it. Tim Scott, it's not the kind of guy that can do it. Vivek Ramaswamy certainly is. And I think what you saw there last night was him pushing for that moniker, that, uh, that perception and I, I actually texted Marcus while I was watching it. And I said, I, I'm looking forward to seeing at some point Vivek and Trump squaring off against each other for the sheer entertainment value of it. 
Do I think we'll get anything about policy ideas or political ideologies out of that discussion? No. Do I think that Vivek is somebody that should be the candidate? No. The guy believes in too many conspiracy theories for me. He is a typical millennial. I bet you, I know I've seen some, uh, some, some interviews with him where they've kind of tried to get him to, to, to answer to some of these conspiracy theories, and he, he hedges himself a little bit around it. But I bet you if you looked on the search history of his account, you're going to find things like proof the earth is flat. But he will be the person that will be the most. I think Chris Christie will be fun to watch spar with Trump too because he, at this point he just doesn't care. And Trump personally, you know, has insulted him and like they've, they've got a history. The loser of that debate, in my opinion, for, for what I watched, I mean, <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's, there's some folks that are on that stage that we know probably don't have a chance. That's not to say that they can't bring good points up. And that doesn't mean that things can't change because you know how it works. You know that there's a dark horse that can always kind of step ahead. But did anybody watch that? And as you're watching everything that's going on, did you think Doug Burgum has a chance? I, I get it. The, the guy just had, you know, a, a, a major injury. But he, if you hadn't told me that he is a two-term North Dakota governor, I never would have believed it. It's like it was his first time in front of a microphone. The loser of the debate, in my mind, from what I saw, was Ron DeSantis. He refused to answer questions. Everything that he did seemed to be, you know, a stunt, seemed to be pre-planned. There was nothing natural about it. It just came across as very phony. So, eh, that's just the way that I look at it. 508-996-0500. Good morning. You're on WBSM. Morning, Tim. Um, I watched some of the debate, and then I fell asleep. But um, it kind of scares me that, like, the the people that we're entrusting our government to, our country to, it's almost like we want them to be like Saturday Night Live. Um, we want them to be witty and, um, I don't know, we're looking for, like, a good laugh. Um, and I agree with Ron DeSantis, your comment about him, because he has the phoniest-looking smile. Every time he he'd say something, he gets it like smile and I just wanted to like slap it off his face which is not nice I'm not really a violent person but that's like the the uh, reaction I had toward it I mean I don't I don't like the nicknames that that Trump comes up with for people but I have to say after watching that I mean I've obviously I've seen DeSantis in 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 interviews I've seen him you know on some of the political talk shows I've I've seen him in uh, news clips and all that kind of stuff but watching him kind of go up against other people that are vying for the same job um, Mm -hmm. I have to say the sanctimonious is a great name for the guy right right but isn't it isn't it sad that our country is and I agree with you. I laugh at some of the nicknames myself, and I guess it appeals to my like childish side. I don't know, um, but 
it kind of reminds me, if you know the dead zone with Christopher Walken, mm-hmm. when Martin Sheen is running for president, and Christopher Walken has that like ability to see into the future, and he knows that Martin Sheen's like a real scuzzball. I wish that Christopher Walken could go around and like, you know, vet people for us. See, it's, it's funny. I was watching it last last night, and I, I'm watching Ron DeSantis's like mannerisms and the way that he's like trying to insert himself into the discussion. Mm-hmm. And all I could think of to myself is he's a Manchurian candidate that somebody forgot to program. You know, that, yeah, that, I agree. He's I just agree. an empty shell. But isn't it frightening that we could end up with somebody like that? That's that's frightening to me. Well, you know, you talked about how things have kind of gone off the rails a little bit with this. I mean, I have to point out, we did elect a literal game show host as as president of the United States. And who is that? Donald Trump. Oh, oh, like the reality yeah, show. Yeah, yeah. So, like, we, we, we literally hosted, literally elected a, a game show host. So, it's going to be, it, it, it's going to be a free-for-all in how... Right these people present themselves because they're just trying to keep up with the guy who's at the top. And I'm not, again, not disparaging the guy. I'm just saying when he's the leading person and the leading personality, it's not a surprise to see that other people are going to try to have their own version of that personality. Could you just imagine, like, if um, Eisenhower were on stage with people like that or, or FDR? It, it just seems so um, odd to have all those uh, different personalities, like, in the mix. And I know that... Well, All I know is if if Eisenhower was on the stage with Vivek Ramaswamy, he would have been talking about how, you know, he's the guy that signed a deal with the aliens so that they could come and start abducting people because, you know, he believes every conspiracy theory. Right, right. And that's very dangerous. Yeah. I mean, I I don't know how deep he goes into a lot of it because he won't he doesn't really talk about it that much. Right. But I I have I have concerns. This this guy Mm -hmm. could be a a QAnon candidate. Very frightening. And um, I thought Nikki Haley had a, um, a few like good points. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like Tim Scott. Yeah, I don't I've, know how you feel I, about Tim Scott. I'm, I'm looking for someone who's centrist. And I think with Tim Scott, you have somebody who has shown that they are, you know, they can speak up when the time comes, but they are also, he's also somebody who is, you know, not easily baited into some of that stuff. The others, even even Mike Pence, proved to be a bit of a hothead last night. Right, right, which is saying something, right? I mean, it just shows, too, how much, I, and I don't know what, what that is. Is that that he feels like, you know, this should be his, his job to have? Is mm-hmm. that, you know, he has to show that he's a little bit more of a dynamic personality? I don't know. It doesn't feel, you know, as phony with him as it does with DeSantis, but it does feel off it does feel a little bit um like he's trying to force himself into it right right so yeah hey i'll say this you know uh if if um any one of those candidates even comes remotely close to getting close to donald trump you know and and his numbers i think Mm -hmm. you're gonna you're gonna see them amp it up to 11 whatever they're Mm -hmm. at now so i i I think that's gonna make for some very interesting debates and, and, and stuff going forward. Yeah. Well, I just want to say have a good trip. Thank you so Thanks, much. Dave. Okay, take care. You as well. And uh, I see we have another caller here, but I got to take a break. We'll be back in just a few moments. And more talk with you at 508-996-0500 in just a moment. But right now, we are going to go into the newsroom with Adam Bass. 
the 45th president of the United States is expected to be booked into the Fulton County, Georgia jail today. Donald Trump reiterated his plans to turn himself in over on criminal charges, saying on his social media site yesterday that he's, quote, proudly surrendering this afternoon. He faces racketeering and a dozen other counts of connected to interference in the 2020 Georgia election. Meanwhile, all eight candidates in last night's GOP presidential debate are vowing to combat rising crime in the U.S. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, who's polling in second place after Trump, said victimization of U.S. citizens will stop if he becomes president. He also claimed that the crime rate in Florida is at a 50-year low. The Russian mercenary chief who led an aborted revolt against Russian President Vladimir Putin is believed to be dead. Russia's state-controlled media says Wagner Group leader Yevgeny Prigozhin was killed in a private plane crash along with nine others Wednesday just north of Moscow. Prigozhin openly mocked Putin over the handling of the Ukraine war, and there was widespread speculation in the international community Putin would soon enact revenge, although there is no word on the cause of the crash. President Biden said he doesn't know for a fact what happened, but, quote, he's not surprised. The suspect who opened fire on police in Pittsburgh is dead following an hours-long standoff. I just want to commend all the, you know, my deputies and all the, the law enforcement officers that responded. I mean, they did one heck of a job and nobody's hurt and everybody's going home to their family. So we're certainly thankful for that. Authorities say it happened Wednesday after they tried to serve the man an eviction notice. Deputies were met with gunfire as they came in contact with the suspect at a home. They returned fire, resulting in what police called in a, quote, pretty significant gun battle. After the shootout, authorities evacuated nearby residents and warned others to stay away from the area. The incident turned into a barricade situation for several hours until the suspect was killed. No officers were seriously injured. And a new study says local trees provide a strong defense against invasive species. Published in the journal Science, findings show that invasive tree species have a harder time thriving in rich local ecosystems. Researchers say the invaders tend to enter new landscapes from nearby human settlements, coastal and riverine ports especially. But native biodiversity can limit the severity or intensity of non-native tree species invasive worldwide. In sports, the Boston Red Sox beat the Astros last night 7-5. The final game against Boston versus Houston is today at 2.10 p.m. And now here is your ABC6 local weather forecast. We're going to see increasing clouds throughout the day. It's going to be breezy. We'll have a light south wind moving through high near 75. As we head into the evening and overnight hours, we'll have a few showers rolling in with a low of 63 degrees. And for tomorrow, breezy and humid with moments of rain and thunderstorms throughout the day, high near 72. From the ABC6 Weather Center, I'm meteorologist Skylar Spindler on New Bedford's News Talk Station, 1420 WBSM. Right now it is 55 degrees in New Bedford. I am Adam Bass, WBSM News. Stay up to date with New Bedford's News Talk Station, WBSM, and get breaking news alerts and podcasts with the WBSM app. Think of it as breakfast for your mind. Back to the Tim Weisberg Show on WBSM. And we're going to go right back to the phones, 508-996-0500. Good morning. Thank you for waiting. Hey, good morning, Tim. Thank you for taking my call. What's on your mind? All right, I watched the debates last night a little bit. It got a little boring to me, but um, I just want to speak on behalf of the country 
if I may, as far as, like, we shouldn't normalize. On that debate, a person was missing, uh, Larry Elder. He should have been on that debate. If you, if you, if anybody's familiar with what happened is he, he's getting the Bernie Sanders treatment, and the Republican National Committee and convention and all that is just like the DNC. I've been saying over and over, people need to look up their private parties. The only thing public is we go vote for these people that register under these party lines. And that's why uh, Trump didn't sign the pledge. I'm not, I don't know why he didn't, but the, the point being is they set it up where you, you got a uh, pledge to, to, to nominate the candidate, whatever. That's because the, the fix is already in or, or, or they make sure they get their, their selected candidate. And what I'm saying is if we, if we don't speak about that, we're talking about the debates, but we're not talking about something that just went over the heads of the American people to circumvent our electoral system. This guy met all the thresholds. If you, if you, everybody can look up the criteria to meet in order to be on that debate stage. This guy crossed the line, and, and he overcrossed it because he wanted to go extra because they were already giving him a problem. I forgot the lady's name, who uh, the, the committee chairman for the RNC. But she did the same thing. They did it in the, they did it in Pennsylvania too, as well. And that's how that's how the guy Oz got a, got a, made made the primary when he shouldn't. You know, you could, you could thank Sean Hannity for that as well. But that's that that's the machine. And it's, this is not QAnon. I'm, I'm an independent, so I, that's why I'm speaking as a, as just a regular voter who wants to hear everybody. And we're not getting allowed to do that. And then we're normalizing, you know, um, Trump saying I'm not going to debate. And then I, I can understand why people don't want Biden to debate. I don't think he could debate. We know he can't even have a functioning sentence. So I can understand that. That's a strategy. I, I understand Trump's strategy as well. But we're normalizing this just to say, like, these are the guys. These are the shoe-ins. No matter what, get behind it. That's, 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 just, that's just us selling ourselves out. It's like, we, it's, it's like we're abused citizens and we love being beat. We love it. And, we, and we're normalizing we're normalizing the abuse on our own selves, and we're funding it with our tax money. You know, and that's all I'm saying. We're normalizing a corrupt and broken system. And it, it, I know that you mentioned, you know, Larry Elder, but he he wasn't the only one that's that's suing either. Um, Johnson, uh, uh, Perry Johnson, was also kept out, and, and he wants to sue the RNC as well as part of this. Well, well thank you, thank you for uh, letting me know that. I, I wasn't familiar with that. I just seen him. I just seen a couple of uh, shows and interviews with Larry Elder, so I wasn't even familiar with the uh, gentleman Johnson that you named. But I mean, that's more to the point, you know. And um, I just got familiar with uh, Elder's story. I didn't know, but that's that's a shame. It's a shame that that th- there's the selection right there. The the, the 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 fix is in before the vote comes. You you, you know what I mean? As far as like selecting the candidates that the DNC. Or the RNC wants to have in, my, my, uh, you know, regardless of what the people uh, uh, want, and that's what I'm saying. They're 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 like LLCs. They are limited liability companies. They're private companies. You got to realize these people. Yeah, they're born here. They're Americans. They you went to school with their kids. Yes, they're running for selectmen, congressmen, congresswomen, whatever. It, it, but they're playing in a, in a dirty game. Tim, we're sitting at a table, right? We got a beautiful table. That's our country. But on one end of the table, the legs are so long, and the other, other end of the table, the legs are short. So the table's slanted. So when all the Americans, we all sit at this table, and as soon as we put our plates in China down on the table, all the food and everything slides down to one side. And you know that one side is what we, we want to call elite. I call them elitist or elite-minded. They're not elite. I'm probably a better athlete, more, more elite on many levels than them. Um, 
But I'm just saying, sir, we, we have a broken system. And if we don't speak about that, instead of just picking, uh, you know, instead of just uh, becoming engulfed in fandom, being fanboys and fan women over, over, over these uh, celebritized uh, national politicians, you know, I, 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 think, I think locally we need, to, we need to bring up the people here. Yeah, well, politicians, because everything stops at home. The federal government is broke. It doesn't have nothing. It only has our money, and it's just using it for for all means and purposes. They don't care about us. Let me, That's let me, my opinion. Let me ask you uh, just one quick question about uh, Trump not being part of this. I mean, obviously, the reason he gave was because he said, you know, people know what I'm all about. I was the president. Why do I have to go and debate people that, you know, frankly, I don't think are up to the job where I've already done the job? So, I mean, that's been his his take on it. But let's face it. Do you think that if he was up on that stage, wouldn't everything have just been about him and about about his indictments and him having to answer questions or, or attacks from the other candidates about his indictments? In a way, I feel like we actually got more of the issues discussed not having them there than we would have if he was there. Um, I, I, I truly believe believe that, and that's a shame that we're stuck on a on a uh, an auto auto loop. You know, we're in a loop. Like like it is it is it is Trump deranged syndrome. We all know this already. All right, next. And if and if and, and, and it's all about how he would approach the debate. A, a wise man would turn it around. We you, everybody knows. It's almost like saying, could you actually get a change of venue? It's national news. It's on everything. And 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 a lot of the media is corrupt, and they are against the guy. It is what it is. And, and I just want to say, you know, so I understand the strategy because he has a base that is, um, they're going to stay with him lock and step. So if I was his strategist, to be honest with you, and for the sake of the country, I would pull a Teddy Roosevelt. I'm, 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 I'm going to make the Bull Moose Party or something, or a new, a new third party, and watch my MAGA or whoever leave and register this and then go get a great VP. And even I, I, that's just me personally. And I would, I would go get a, a Democrat VP, but one that's more, you know, so you can try to get some unity in there. But I just want to say this, sir. Even, even during this election time, there's a difference, in my opinion, with our country, which I love my country. And then there you got countries like China and Russia. But we are the United States of amnesia. Like there's a great book that was written about that. And here's the catch: in Russia and China, there's no mistaking or joking about it. You can say it's an authoritarian rule, and you know that. So you can't change the politics. It's, it's cut in stone. But they are flexible and will change policies. Over here, we're under the illusion that because we get to pull this electoral voting thing every two to three, two, two to four years, we're free and we got all this. It's the same bag of garbage that we're picking from. It's like putting your hand in, right, and everybody got to grab a gumball. And it's the same gumballs in there. They never change them. So my point is... We change the politics over here, but if you ever try to change the U.S. policy, you'll get JFK'd. That's right. the difference. We change politics, so that's the illusion of democracy and all this other stuff. But we, we, we don't have no free republic. And if you ever, if, if any politician who changes, because the, the game don't change, only the players and those are the politicians. Go ahead and try to change the policy and see what happens. Trump tried to change the policy in Syria. Remember that early withdrawal? They hated him for that. Even his generals lied and said, yeah, we withdrew these, we withdrew guys. They didn't even withdraw them. And, and the time that they gave him credit on the media is when he, when he uh, launched them strikes on um, Assad in Syria. And then that was for a false reason because we found out that, guess what, that there was no chemical attack. It was all phony, the footage and everything. So it's like I, I, I hope my country and my people just realize it's the policy that has to change. 
these guys and, and women up there, they're going to say everything that they want us to hear. But they know in the back room the power where the power is in D.C. Let's just say like this. They'll talk a good one. All right, cool. We can move the crowd, the emotions, because Americans work off. We're so emotional. We got so much, you know, processed food and entertainment. It, it, it feeds our emotions. So these politicians, let's just say, they're sat down in the corner and they're told, listen, this is the game. You want to play? Go ahead. If you don't, we'll crush you. It's something like that. It has to be something. And then they come back out the room, and they're a different person. They just say what well, we got to hear, but they ain't changing the policy. The policy's been the same for so long. They sure, just no. do a little. They do a little, a little deviation, but but the, the game still played on on the American people. All right, I, I got to hold you there just because I'm up against a, a break. But thank you for the call, you. and hopefully you'll be more frequent caller. Thank you, sir. All right. Have a good day. And uh, we will get your reactions to at 508-996-0500. Great stuff there. But I do have to take a break. We'll be back in just a few moments. Um. That's one of those songs that if I'm not careful, I'll play the whole song. And this is not a music station. But uh, that, you know, we, we will play glam rock here on the, on the program. It doesn't get enough love. And Slade is one of those found foundation bands for the, for the glam rock genre. But that's, you know, a little bit not of a, so much of a glam rock song as much as it's just a fun party song. Who doesn't love that song? Uh, so before we get back into some of your calls and some of your app chat messages. I've gotten a few already here. You can call in at 508-996-0500. You can send those app chat messages or open line voicemails via the WBSM app. But we're talking about choices. We're talking about if you are a Republican voter or even if you are a Democrat voter, an independent voter who's looking for a change in direction of where the country is going, you're going to have choices to be made. There's a lot of choices that will be coming up entering into 2024. But you make a choice each and every day when you wake up about what you are going to have for breakfast. And it's an easy decision when making that choice. It's an easy decision to go to just another Phoenix restaurant in North Dartmouth because they will give you multiple choices about how to start your day. So, you know, that previous caller was discussing how it you have the illusion of choice, but in reality... It's all the same behind the curtain, right? But that's not the case with a Just Another Phoenix breakfast because it is not all the same. Even one French toast 
to another, one pancake to another, one omelet to another. They're so different, and they come up with such unique ideas. Roast beef omelets, meatloaf omelets, peanut butter, banana, and bacon Texas French toast, Boston cream French toast, red velvet pancakes, Oreo pancakes. All these are ideas that have come right from the specials menu at just another Phoenix restaurant. So don't worry about waking up and deciding to yourself, oh, gee, what do I want for breakfast today? Just wake up and say, I'm going to go to just another Phoenix. And then when you get there, the possibilities will be before you. And you can decide how you want to start your day. Don't wake up thinking about bacon and eggs. Wake up thinking about just another Phoenix who has great bacon and eggs, but also so much else there for you to try. Very creative, very unique, very fun. That's just another Phoenix restaurant located on Fonz Corner Road in North Dartmouth. And of course, you can... Take your breakfast to go if you want. You don't have to eat in the restaurant. Their full menu is available through their drive-up window. Where else can you get a full breakfast by going through a drive-through window without even getting out of the car? Check them out. Fonz Corner Road in North Dartmouth. That is just another Phoenix restaurant. All right, let me uh, let me get into some of those app chat messages that we got. Uh, DL in Dartmouth says, if a weakling like Biden can become president of the USA, anybody has a chance. Nothing more frightening than Sleepy Joe getting another four years. Well, but going back to the idea of, you know, why some of these candidates were weak, I'm not looking at it so much as, you know, could they get elected because Joe Biden got elected? I'm looking at it as the guy at the top of their their polling right now. Can they go up against that guy? I think any one of those candidates, well, I shouldn't say that any one of those candidates on the stage, but most of the candidates that were on the stage last night, I think, could go head-to-head with Joe Biden. But do I think that they can go head-to-head with Donald Trump? That's who they have to beat before they can even get a shot at Joe Biden. So if Republicans are going to look at this as anything more than all these other candidates versus Trump, if they're really just looking at this as, you know, Going up against Biden, you're, you're looking at it from the wrong perspective. This is, this is a battle in the Republican Party against one guy, and that guy is not Joe Biden. That will come later. That fight will come later. Uh, Bags in New Bedford. It's hilarious that you and your listeners are concerned about the Republican candidates, but are okay with the big guy who's in office now. What a clown show. Well, I, we're... we're concerned about the Republican candidates because that's the debate that was on television last night. That's why we are discussing this. I think people who watch that debate last night and who are leaning toward voting for a Republican candidate are not okay with the guy who's in office right now. But this isn't the discussion point yet, as I just mentioned. It's not whoever the Republican candidate is versus Joe Biden right now. And it should, in a normal presidential election, a normal primary season, the, the, the discussion would be which one of these candidates has the best chance of going up against Joe Biden and succeeding. That would be normally what would happen. But you don't normally have a personality like a Donald Trump in this for them to have to 
go up against first. And again, I I know people are going to call in and be like, "Well, you just don't like Donald Trump." This is I'm not disparaging him by saying this. I think anybody would look at the Republican Party today and say you have a very strong person there that other candidates are trying to knock off. That's just the reality of the situation. And so that has to be job one if they want to be president of the United States is to beat that guy first. Now, some may feel like they have to go head to head with him. Others may feel like uh, he'll take care of it himself. But not one of those candidates are thinking that they have a chance to win right now with him still in the race if they don't focus on him first. So that's what it's about. But what, what, what do you want me to do in August of 2023 ahead of the 2024 election? Just lead off every day talking about how somebody needs to beat Joe Biden. That's not, what, that's not where we're at in the election cycle. But it just shows that you, Bags in New Bedford, have a strong bias because you are so obsessed about Joe Biden that you, you, you can't take this one step at a time. Enjoy the ride. It's, it's, we're not going to make this happen sooner. I don't care who you love in this election. They're not suddenly going to say, well, you know, this, this person's great. So, you know what, let's just get rid of Joe Biden now and, and not even have the election. It's a process that we have to go through. 508-996-0500. Back in a few. Come. All right. We 